Welcome, celebration. Welcome, welcome. What an honor it is to come into your homes or through your devices, wherever you're at, in our city, our community, or even perhaps around the world. Welcome, celebration family, to all of our guests and friends. I am excited about this week, week number seven for us, with nobody in the building, but we're using technology. Thank God for technology, and I'm looking forward to the day we can all come back and gather together. But until then, we're going to leverage this, and we're going to stay connected, and we're going to hear what God is saying the celebration. I'm so excited about today's message. Before I get into that, I just want to say a big thank you to the Celebration family. We are so grateful for your faithfulness in your giving to continue to bring your tithe and offering week after week to sustain the house so that Celebration can continue to do what we're called to do. And even more than that, I'm more excited for the family of celebration and who we pastor because this is what I know. When you're faithful with the tithe and the offering, when you take what you have and you put God first, it's connecting to a covenant where God has promised to rebuke the devourer in your life. And uh, there's never been a moment in our lives where we need God's help than this moment that we're living in. God is ready and willing to rebuke to rebuke the devourer in our lives and celebration. I know we're going to be okay. I know that favor is coming to you as you are faithful with the tithe and offering. Thank you, thank you. And then also I want to just say thank you again to the Celebration family for being intentional about these weekends and about these online services. It's in these moments together as we gather that I believe God can do some powerful things. And I want to encourage you we don't know how many more weeks that we're going to be doing it like this. We are honoring our, our state and our city officials. Uh, so we're, we're, going to, we're just going to keep week by week following the mandates. But this is what I do know, Celebration. Don't get relaxed in your behavior. Would you continue on Sundays to make this a sacred time? Uh, refuse to just, well, I can watch it later. We're going to do this and this and this. Whatever service time that you were going to before, the, the 9, the 11, and now we have a 1 o'clock because we're just growing, right? Would you, would you make that an intentional moment to, to get up and to make your home or wherever you're at a place of worship? It's incredible to think that so many of us can be together in these service times, doing it together while God is doing something special in our lives. You know, you will make... Uh, you will make a, a new routine after about 21 days. So I'm just trying to get you to stick to the routine of, 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 of really prioritizing your life and putting God first in your life. Don't forget, we have daily devotionals, and they are absolutely powerful. And so many of you, you don't even know about it. Make sure you download our church app and turn on the notifications because if you'll turn it on, I can, I can reach out to you and say, hey, we're going live, we're doing this, we're doing that. And every morning at 9 o'clock, we have some powerful devotionals that is going to help you to get your day off, right? So make sure you watch those. And then this Wednesday night, 
First Wednesday, we're going to have a worship night. Excited about it. Be a part of that. And uh, so we're going live. It's going to be a live moment. And I just believe God's going to do some great things. So make sure, again, be intentional. 7 o'clock, Wednesday night celebration, family. We know we're going to have guests and we're going to have friends. But I'm looking for the people we pastor, the celebration family. Make sure you're in this moment, this coming this coming Wednesday. So let me dive into to what I want to talk about today. Is anybody else needing a haircut? <laughs> it's like I've been seeing some people, and they've got like an underground barber or salon. It's like, you know, it's like I need, I need, I think I need a haircut, maybe. Um, today I want to read a story in the Bible out of the Old Testament that I believe can really help give perspective in the midst of these challenging times that we're all facing. You know, the Old Testament stories, they're given to us, the Bible says, uh, so that we can apply the principles and the truths that we find in those stories. And we're going to find that today in such a story in Genesis chapter 29. Um, now, listen, I, I like crowd response, and it's pretty quiet in this building. So on the chat, in the chat, make sure you're not playing games, but give me some shout-outs. Give me some fire. Give me some emojis. Come on, stay connected. Uh, let me feel you today and help me minister this word. I really do believe that God has a word for us. Genesis 29, beginning with verse 16, it says, Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak and dull-looking, but Rachel was beautiful in form and attractive. Let, let me just pause there because, because some, some translations say that, that Leah's eyes, she had cow eyes. And uh, I know that can be a little bit offensive, so i got to really deal with this up front. Um, because really, most commentators and most scholars uh, really just say that she was the the unattractive sister. She was actually the, the ugly sister. And I know that that's not possibly uh, politically correct, but, but I need to under, you to understand. In the story, Jacob seen uh, Leah as the, the ugly, the ugly sister. And uh, so I don't want to be insensitive or offensive, but I can kind of relate to, to Leah a little bit. I, I thought my name was really good until a couple years ago that I had somebody from another country say, uh, you know, your, your name's not that, you know, it kind of means something that I don't really want to tell you. And, and they ended up telling me that, 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 that my name, Randy, means that I'm, I'm feeling frisky. When you, when you say I'm feeling Randy in other countries, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a bad thing, and it's really not frisky. It's kind of another word. I just can't say that, say that online. So I kind of feel what what Leah must be feeling here, but I do want to make it clear that my real name is really, it's really Randall. Did you know that, that Leah here means wild cow? It's important that you understand that because in Jacob's eyes again, Rachel was the beautiful daughter. Leah was the ugly daughter. Now, how many of you know beauty is in the eyes of the beholder? So in Jacob's eyes, she was the ugly daughter. You know, it reminds me, it's like some of these guys, you know, these, these women who are stunning and beautiful have some of the ugliest guys. It's like, it's like, what's up with, anyhow, anyhow, let's get back to the word. Verse 18, and Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I'll work for you for seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. 
Laban said, it's better that I give her in marriage to you and give her than to give her to another man. Stay and work with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed to him, catch this, but a few days because of the love that he had for her. And finally, Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife for my time is completed so that I may take her to me. So Laban gathered together all the men of the place and prepared a wedding feast with wine. And when night came, he took Leah. Notice he doesn't take Rachel. He's supposed to be taking Rachel, but he takes Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob went in to consummate the marriage with her. But in the morning, Jacob saw his wife, and behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this that you've done to me? Did I not work for you all these seven years? Rachel, why then have you deceived and cheated me like this? I think in this story, Rachel can represent the, the, the attractive places in our life, those beautiful places in our life. Rachel speaks of those, those dreams that, that you have for your life, those dreams that you can't keep your, your eyes off of or you can't keep your mind from thinking. We all have a Rachel in our lives, the, the attractive thing, the, the desirable thing. It's the, it's the dream that you have for, for your life. It's the dream you have for your family and your career and your business. I also think in the story, Leah can represent the unattractive things, those, those undesirable places in life. It's the frustrating places. It's the annoying places. It's that unpleasant season. It's that ugly season. It's it's what so many of us are really dealing with and experiencing even right now in our lives. We, we all experience Leah's in our lives. I remember, I remember the moment that, I, that I, I met my wife. It was many, many years ago, like 40 years ago. We were at a camp, and I remember seeing her for the very first time and, and seeing those blue, blue Blue eyes. I'd never seen blue eyes like that. And I, I thought to myself upon seeing her for the first time, seriously, that that is absolutely the woman that I'm going to marry. And I was serious about it. I can remember getting back home from the camp and calling her to see if I could come over because I was serious about cultivating a relationship. Now, granted, she was only 14 years old and I was I was barely 17 years old, but I was serious about this being my future wife. And so they allowed me, her parents allowed me to come over that evening and just to hang out with them. And then I called the next night and I went over and hung out with them. And I did that like probably for a week solid. I was, I was serious on developing this relationship with my wife, but I knew I had to make my move. I knew that I needed to get really serious on just a one-on-one -on -one experience with my wife to develop this relationship to prepare for a future marriage. And so I remember cornering her dad in the garage when he was all by himself. And I, I remember looking at him and saying, Mr. Stewart, I just want to ask you, would it be possible for me and your daughter to go out on a, on a date? I'll never, I'll never forget the look in his eyes where he says, hey, um, that's not how we roll around here. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. He he, he basically went on to tell me, he says, you know that my daughter's very, very valuable to me, and if you want a relationship with her, you're going to have to have a relationship with me. If you want to date her, you're going to have to date 
to date me. And so for the next several years, <laughs> I ended up dating her whole family. And, uh, but I was, I was committed. She was worth it. And I finally got her. And then 37 years later, this month, we will have been married. And she's still the most gorgeous person in my life. I'm so grateful for my wife. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for Sheree. Outside of God, she's the greatest decision that I've ever made in my life. Here's Jacob in the story. All he wanted out of life is Rachel. He was stunned by Rachel. She was so beautiful. She was so attractive. She was, she was, just, she was just beyond his wildest dreams. And Jacob was so passionate about Rachel that he was willing to give his life, his time, his energy. In fact, the Bible says that he gave seven years of his life to work for, 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 for Rachel's dad just, just to have her for, for marriage. And once that seven years was up, they begin to prepare for the wedding. And the Bible says that, 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 that Laban got all the men together and they begin to prepare. Now, please understand in those days that, 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 that in Bible days, a wedding actually was a week-long event, so there was a lot that went on, and so they're preparing for the wedding, wedding and, 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 and Jacob is excited, and, and it finally comes to the moment where they have a selective room, and they, they're going to send off the, the bride and the groom to consummate the marriage, and so they, they, put, they put Jacob in the room, and then Laban grabs his daughter, but he doesn't grab Rachel, he grabs Leah, and he, he sends her off into that selected room where they're going to consummate the marriage. And in that room, it's dark. It's barely lit by candlelight. And, and, and Jacob is so excited about this moment that he ends up consummating the marriage with, with Leah. Next morning, he, he wakes up. Sunshine is coming through the, the window. And he's excited. He's happy. He's just had the that the night of his dreams, he's worked so hard for this moment, and he rolls over in bed, and there is, he screams, you know he's got to scream, there is not Rachel, but there is Leah in his bed. It's not the beautiful, stunning, jaw-dropping, head-turning Rachel. No, it's the unattractive, undesirable. It's the ugly sister in his bed. Bible says he runs out of that room. He's angry. He's furious. He's disappointed. He's discouraged. And he tells Laban, man, I've worked hard all these seven years. I have sacrificed. I have given you my best. And you, and you have given me the wrong daughter. You have given me, me Leah and not Rachel. And so the Bible says that Laban negotiates with Jacob. And they, they work out another contract for Jacob to work another seven years so that he can finally get Rachel, which really tells you that Rachel had to be something really special. But this is what I want you to see. You see, Jacob is saying, I wanted the beautiful place, but I have woken up in the ugly place, the undesirable place, the unattractive place. Doesn't this sound kind of like, like life? God, God, I'm believing God, I'm trusting. God, I'm doing the work. I'm serving. I'm, I'm giving. I'm tithing. I'm doing everything pastor says. I'm being obedient. And what happens? You wake up thinking it's going to be one way, and it's completely the opposite. You thought you were getting Rachel, and you look in your bed, and there is ugly Leah. You dreamed one way, 
only to wake up to a nightmare. And just like Jacob, you're living with an undesirable outcome. And just like Jacob, you're, you're angry, and you're frustrated, and you're disappointed. You thought God was going to, to heal things, and you thought God was going to restore things, and you thought God was going to fix things, but, but you can't find God, God anywhere. You thought your marriage would be great and last forever, but you have, you have, you have woken up with that ugly thing called, called divorce. You thought that business would succeed, but now it's that ugly thing called, called bankruptcy. You thought that dream job would last forever, but now you're in that ugly place, finding yourself needing a new job. You thought that, that new relationship was, was God sent, God's answer, only to wake up in the ugly place called betrayal. You thought you would have peace and, and happiness and joy, but you found yourself, we found ourselves in an ugly place called anxiety and, and worry. It's not what we wanted. It's not what you wanted. It's not what we desired. It's not what we were believing for, right? It's not what we've been praying for. But the truth of the matter is, it's, it's what we have, we've all woken up to. Can anybody besides myself relate to the pain of Jacob? And I know I can. I, I could write a book on this subject. And the truth of the matter is, so, so could you. So I'll save you most of the ugly, ugly stories. But I know for me, even coming in to, to this year, I've never been more excited about a year than 2020. I, I had a dream of, of Rachel, a picture of what this year was supposed to, to be like. And it's, it's been in me for, for years, for, the, for those that don't know. I went to Bible school in 1991 and 1992. And I can remember in my home studying on eschatology, the end times. And I remember coming across some things where God began to show me and I began to do some, 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 some deep study and deep dives into Scripture. And I remember coming out one day and, and looking to my wife. I said, baby, I really sense through my studies, I really sense that God is showing me that, that somewhere in 2019, 2020, mind you, this is only 1992, but something's, something huge is going to begin to take place in our world in 2019 and 2020, and then when we hit 2020, when God spoke into my heart about a year of greater things. I mean, everybody, weren't they? Everybody was saying, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be a year of what? Perfect vision, 2020 vision. And here we are, church, right? The harsh reality is, is that we have woken up, and we're not woken up to a Rachel. It's, it's actually Aaliyah. We have woken up to find ourselves in a an unattractive place, an undesirable place, a, an ugly place. So as I peer into this camera today, into your homes or wherever you're at, I have a question for you today. How do you handle the undesirable places in your life? In other words, what do you do when you're married to Leah, but you really, really desired Rachel? What do you do? When your reality doesn't match up to the God dream on the inside of you. This is exactly what this story is trying to help us with. You see, this story teaches us this principle. Don't miss it. 
that you have to be faithful with Leah if you desire to be fruitful with Rachel. That you have to be faithful in the unattractive places, the undesirable places, if you desire to be fruitful in the beautiful places. So this is what I've come to tell you today. Come on, don't miss what God is doing in this ugly place. Some of you need to you need to put that in the chat room. Don't miss what God is doing in this ugly place. In Genesis 29, 31, notice what it says concerning this story. It says, now when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved. Do, do you see it? God sees. He, he's looking into this situation. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he made her able to bear children, but Rachel was barren. Please hear me. This is a huge, huge principle. Leah may not have been what Jacob was dreaming for, but God was watching how he dealt with Leah. God was looking to see, Jacob, will you love Leah? Jacob, will you be faithful to Leah? God was watching to see how he handled Leah to see if he could eventually trust him with Rachel. Here's what we need to understand in the ugly places of life. God is watching how you handle the undesirable places to see if he can trust you in those beautiful places. You see, we need to be careful that we don't despise this season we're in, that we don't resent or resist this season that we are in. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. I've been saying it week after week, make sure you don't miss God in the middle of this moment. Notice what God is doing in the middle of this ugly situation. The Bible says that God opened the womb of Leah while Rachel's womb remained closed. In other words, God will give birth to things in the ugly places of your life before he ever will in the beautiful places of your life. But God is watching. Jacob, how are you going to handle that situation? How are you going to handle that, that, that ugly place in your life? Are you going to be faithful in that season? And, and Jacob was. Jacob was, was faithful, and he began to love Leah like he never loved her before. And the Bible says that, that Leah, she got pregnant, and her first son, hear it, was named Reuben. Now, Reuben means son of vision, son of revelation. And Leah, when she has her first son, she says this in Scripture. She says, the reason why I named him Reuben is because I can now see that the Lord sees my affliction, my pain. So the first thing, hear me, that the ugly place will give birth in your life is vision, is revelation. You see, if we're faithful in the ugly season, the undesirable season, what will happen in that season is you'll begin to see. Answers will begin to come. You'll have the ability to see what you could not see in any other season. You see, it's in the ugly place, if you will allow it to, that will birth fresh vision, fresh revelation. We're talking about answers, a brand new perspective, new ideas, new dreams. Listen, the greatest visions in life, the greatest ideas in life have come out of the most trying times 
in life. Don't miss God in this moment. It's your faithfulness in the ugly place that gives birth to clear vision. So Jacob's being faithful. He's loving Leah. He's doing his job. And guess what? Leah gets pregnant again, and she has her second child. And he's a, he's a son. He's a boy. And his, his name is Simeon, which means God has heard. I need you to hear this today. It's in the undesirable place. It's in that ugly place that God, that God hears. And so many of us, we don't think God is hearing in those places. We don't think that God is hearing in the struggle, in the pain. Where, where is God anyhow? And this is the revelation. If you'll get faithful in the unpleasant season of your life, you'll get an understanding that God has not left you, he has not forsaken you, that he's right there listening to you. And that's what they learn. Now, here's a great question to ask ourselves. If God was to put his ear into your life, if God was to put his ear into that ugly season of your life, what, what would he be hearing? Would he hear negativity? Would he hear complaining? Would he hear griping? Would he hear you talking about the, the, this person or that person, the president or the Republicans or the Democrats or that newscaster or that city official? What would God be hearing if he was to lean in on your ugly place? Or, or would he hear you crying out, saying, God, this life that I have is nothing like I dreamed it would be, but I know, God, that you're in this moment, and I know that you are listening, and I know that you have a plan for my life. You see, it's your faithfulness and the ugly place that you begin to understand that God is really here, that God is really listening to what's going on in my life, that, that truly he will never leave me nor forsake me in the good times and the bad times. The psalmist knew this in Psalms 120, verse 1. It says, in my distress. Notice it wasn't a good time. It was it was a painful time, the psalmist said. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. And notice what happened. And he, God, heard him. That's powerful. God hears you today. What is he hearing? What's coming out of your heart? What's coming out of your life? What's coming out of your home? What's coming out of your, your family? It's when you're faithful in the ugly seasons of life that you really get an understanding that God is right there. He has not left you. Well, guess what? Jacob remains faithful, keeps loving Leah, and you guessed it. <laughs> she gets pregnant again, man. And she has her third son, and his name is Levi, which means to connect and to join things. This, this is powerful. It's actually a building term, and it's describing how everything in your life it's foundational in how the, that one thing builds upon another. So it's the undesirable places. It's the unattractive places that you learn that everything in life that you are going through is connecting you to a greater purpose. In other words, that God himself is working connected all those pieces of your life, just kind of like a puzzle, and he's putting all those pieces together. He's taking the good, he's taking the bad, and he's taking the ugly, and he's going to, he's going to make something great out of it. Are, are you listening? He's taking those injustices, he's taking those betrayals, he's taking those wrongs, 
And God is connecting it and using it to build something great in your life. You see, it's your faithfulness in the ugly season, the ugly place that you begin to understand. That every season in your life, God is at work. Isn't that what Roman tells us? That, that all things work together for the good of them. That, that what? Those who love their God, you can rest assured, you can be assured, come on, that God is connecting all the pieces that he is working in your life to make a masterpiece out of your life. Well, Jacob, he's at it again. He's being faithful. He's loving Leah. He knows God's watching him. And guess what? She gets pregnant again with her, her last child, her fourth son. His name is Judah. And most people think that Judah means praise, and it does. That's correct, but that's not complete. It's actually incomplete because Judah also means whose praise comes from God and not man. You see, it's in the undesirable places. It's in the unattractive places that you learn that you must live your life, hear it, for an audience of one that you can't afford to waste your time thinking about what others think about you. Who cares what they said on social media? Who cares what they said in the chat room? Who cares what they wrote about you? You can't waste your time. The only one that matters is God himself. It's in the ugly place that it's really easy, isn't it, to care about what people think about you? But you need to understand that God sees the ugly place in your life differently than what people do. God sees something beautiful in that ugly place. You see, it's your faithfulness in the ugly place that you learn that the praise and the approval for your life must come from God and not people. What a powerful, powerful truth. Well, we're almost out of time. I want to wrap this up, but here's what I want you to really catch today is the rest of the story. You see, because Jacob was found faithful with Leah, you know what happens next? God opens the womb of Rachel. Because Jacob was faithful to Leah, God then made him fruitful with Rachel. And the Bible says that Rachel gives birth to her son, and his name is Joseph, the son of Jacob's dreams. This was his dream son. This is what he's been living his whole life for, and he finally gets his dream. In fact, the Bible says that this was the son whom Jacob called my fruitful son. It was the son who became the dreamer. It was a son that God used to save a nation. I'm just here to tell somebody that if you'll be faithful in that ugly place, God will make sure that you are fruitful and successful in that beautiful place. You need to think about it because perhaps we're in a Leah season right now. And I'm just asking you, celebration, family, friends, don't miss, don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss what God wants to birth in your life during this season. Don't miss Leah because you're so much wishing 
for Rachel. Now here's what is interesting. The very end of the story. Jacob's about ready to die. He's about ready to breathe his last breath. He brings all of his family in, all of, all of Leah's kids and all of Rachel's, and brings them all in, and he begins to pronounce blessings over them. You can read that all in Genesis. And what's interesting is the very last words that, that Jacob says on his deathbed is he says this. He's given his last wishes just before he dies, and the last thing that he says is, hey, make sure... May, may, make sure that you bury me next to Leah and not, not Rachel. Wow, really? Hear what he's saying today. You see, when Jacob got to the end of his life, he looked back on his, old, his whole life and he realizes, he realizes that Leah had given him more in life than Rachel ever could have. Make sure, make sure you bury me next to Leah. Celebration, wherever you're at in this world, maybe 2020 is our year for greater things. Maybe, just maybe we're learning right now just to be faithful with Leah so that we can encounter the Rachel in our life. Would you pray with me? all over this city, all over this county, all over this nation, all over this world. Father, I just pray for those that have been listening to this word. I pray for those that have been listening to this message. God, would you help give perspective like we've never had before? God, that we would not be a people, a church that would resist the leaves in our life, but God, that we would take advantage of the opportunity that you're in the middle of that ugly thing. God, would you give us vision? Would you give us revelation? God, God would you help us to, to really get it that you do hear us and that you are in this moment with us? And that, God, that you're taking all the pieces of this puzzle and that you're, you're putting it together? And that, God, what other people say really don't matter what you say about us, that, God, we're going to play to the audience of one, what, that, God, we're looking for your approval. God, help us to learn what we need to learn in these seasons that we call Leah so that we can step into the Rachels of our life. Father, I pray for the hurt. I pray for the pain. I pray for the discouragement. I pray that this would give us fresh perspective that we would rise up out of our despair. We would rise up out of our pain. God, you would use us in this moment to touch a world around us. In Jesus' name. If you're there in your home or in your car, wherever you're at, watching on this device, and you've never made a decision for Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity before we go back into one, one last song. I want to just give you an opportunity. So many of you out there might be listening. You've never surrendered your life with Jesus. The Bible, to Jesus, the Bible is very clear, very simple. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe something today was said within the context of this message that all of a sudden has gripped your heart and you know you're far from God that you need to make a decision to make him Lord 
in your life. If that's you today, you feel compelled to do that, would you just pray this prayer? Mean it with everything that's on the inside of you, all over this community, again, all over this, wherever you're at in the world, would you pray this prayer? Those that need Jesus, say, 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 Father God, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose from the grave. And today, I receive him as my Savior. And today, I make him my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Wow. Hey, if you prayed that prayer right there on your device, there's some links that you can let us know you made a decision for Christ. On our church app, you can go on and click on that link. Let us know. It's so important that you let us know. I know so many of you prayed that prayer. You meant it. Gave your life to Jesus for the first time or rededicated your life. Would you let us know? We'd like to reach out to you and pray with you and believe with you this week. Our staff, our team, and what a joy and what a privilege it has been to be in your home today. We got one last song, and, and I beg you, don't click off. I believe this last song, some application can take place in your home. Would you maybe just change your posture, change your position? I can see many of you in your homes where you just need to lift your hands. Say, God, I get it. I get it now. I, I, I need to be faithful in this season. And, and maybe you can make that adjustment. Maybe you're at the park. Maybe you're in your car, wherever you're at, whatever adjustments. However this message has hit your life, would you just be willing to make some adjustments? I love this song. We've been singing it every week, and it's on purpose. It's because it really is fresh out of the Word of God, and it really is declaring God's blessings upon your life. It's taken from scriptures. It's actually a passage of scripture that we as ministers are supposed to use to declare blessings on your life. We declare it today all over this city, all over this world. Let's worship God. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.